What's up, pals? You're tuned in to episode 12 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by the edgelord with the heart of gold himself, Mr. Robert Thompson, back from his sabbatical. You should... What's going on, buddy? <laughs> in, uh, in the spirit of this episode, you should have titled me uh, the Alucard in training. Oh, that's um... <laughs> a good point, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah no, I had a fucking great time on that that two like, two episodes already this? Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was two oh. weeks, man. It's yeah. great to have you back. How was your trip? It was great. I had a great time. Um... Tons of anime were involved. I'm gonna get some pictures for the uh, the Palsful stuff that we were starting to do. Um, nice. Was it? What'd you pick up for the July? Oh God, mobile suits from Gundam. Don't worry, there's too many. <laughs> <laughs> I start naming them all. Um, Pete, you got to see them, but yeah, I'm just gonna shove around a bunch of weeb names. It'll be like, oh, okay, sure, bye. Um, right, right, yeah. So, Gundams. Yeah, Gundam. Cool. You got no, robots. Mobile suits. You. You heathen. Uh, Matt has Gundams. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yes, you should be. Um, but in any case, there was that. There was zero gaming on my end in those two weeks, so I made up for it really hardcore since I've been back. Yeah, well, good. We'll talk about that in a little bit. There was tons of food was eaten, and we partied for the 4th of July and celebrated America, so what else could you do? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm really glad you got to go. I know uh, you definitely needed that vacation, and you got to spend some time with your best buds, so I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you guys had a good time, and it's Great to have you back. We really missed you on the show. But uh, as you guys can probably tell, it's just me and Thompson this week. Uh, Both Sean and Andy were indisposed. Sean's in Philadelphia uh, visiting a friend. And, uh, you know, to be honest, I don't remember what Andy's doing today. I know he's got I think he, it might be something for law school. I think he's he's doing something for that. But uh, both of them will be back next week. So we'll have the uh, gruesome foursome back. But, uh, you know, so if you guys tuned into yesterday's episode of the Comics Pals or, you know, you looked at the thumbnail or name of the episode, I guess you'll know that we're going to be reviewing Netflix's Castlevania series today during the meat and potatoes. Uh, but we've got a jam-packed show to get into before that. However, before we jump into what we've been playing this week... A word from our sponsors. <laughs> yeah, before we jump into uh, what we're playing this week, I just want to let you guys know where you can connect with us all around the web. Uh, for starters, if you guys want to write into the show and have your thoughts read on the air, give us a random question of the week, or just say, hey, you can write in and drop us a line at thecomicspals at gmail.com. That's the comics with an S pals at gmail.com uh you can also follow our sister show at the comics pals wherever your social media is sold to stay up to date with everything we're doing here at the pals network uh check in with things about the other shows we've got going on uh you know our interviews from wizard world the rest of them will be going up in the next week or so so you can check out some of that stuff Uh, And then if you're an audio listener, we greatly appreciate you dropping us a like on your platform of choice, like SoundCloud, where you guys give us tons of love. Uh, Or if you really want to help us out, you can bounce over to iTunes, where we are currently a five-star rated podcast, trying to break that into that six-star rating. Uh, So, you know, go give us uh, another uh, another one, um, you know, good or bad. And then uh, if you're over on YouTube, you can do us a solid and like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And then um, we've got a ton of exclusive content coming to YouTube uh, so you can get in the ground floor and be ready for it in the weeks to come. And last but not least, the best thing you can do to help out the show is share it with your pals so they can become our pals too. All right, so with all that out of the way, let's kick the show off the way we always do by talking about what we've been playing this week. Thompson, uh, yes. I know this was a big week for you because you finally picked up a Nintendo motherfucking Switch. Yeah, yeah. Fun. Welcome to the Creed, brother. It's it's amazing. Um, I have I have so much I could talk about for it, but this is not 
an entire podcast about the Switch, although I could easily turn it into one. Ten out of ten, man. Uh, initial initial reaction, at least. Here's I haven't the had highlights. A... Yeah. Uh, let's see. I well, first of all, the way I got it was fucking awesome. There was a deal on GameStop for five hundred bucks for uh, Zelda, the DLC pass, Arms, and Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. So you um, know all the games. Yeah, pretty much everything. <laughs> um, you know, uh, ordered that before I left on the trip, and it said it was going to ship on the twelfth, but it showed up in my house on the 10th so i got back from the trip and there was a switch waiting for me so it was like good news on good news beautiful and i've only played zelda so far and uh we were talking about that uh yesterday or like a couple days ago just offhand and that that could be a podcast within itself holy shit <laughs> i'm like oh yeah i fucking love that game well man um, i mean specifically like i i'll get it out of the way real quick all i've been playing this week is zelda 2 um, and then crash a little bit as well. Like some of the stuff I talked about last week, I'm still playing, but I've been mostly playing Zelda since you got back. Cause we talked about it and you inspired me to go back right. and pick up my, my game where I left off. Um, so I really want to just dedicate the, what we're playing this week to just talking about Zelda pretty much. So, if, yeah. you know, yeah, let's do it, man. So like, what are your impressions so far? I mean, you're loving your switch. What do you think of the console? What do you think of Zelda? How are you liking, you know, the joy cons? How are you playing it most of the time? Let's get, get through all that shit. Right. Okay. From the ground up, uh, I have not played it on the TV yet. I have. Okay. So you're I only have, doing it in handheld mode. I could easily hook it up. I just, I don't know why. I just absolutely love the handheld mode. Um, I've been putting the Joy Cons on the sides, and I only recently found out that there's a kickstand on the back of the damn thing. So yeah, I sh- that was I a showed welcome you surprise. That when you came over. Yeah, that was a welcome surprise. And then I accidentally had uh, bumped the screen when it was like powered off for a moment. So you know, it's like hit a three times or some bullshit i i tapped it and i was like oh my god it's a touch screen like i don't know why i didn't know this um i should have assumed learned, it first of all learned about all these new features yeah and it's, so there, everything about it's like a welcome surprise there's like a bajillion quality of life things on it that i enjoy like the menus are are like it, it feels like fun to use like it it's it, it's concise you know it's I mean, very I like clean it. yeah it's, it's clean so clean there you go it's clean and so I've been and like it's quick, like I like, oh, yeah, like yeah. the the UI is very speedy. You know, it's like it's so easy to get in and out of games. Like I think it's time like, on most games is very short, dude. It's like in, just in my opinion, at least, it, it, it's the first handheld system that feels like a computer. You know what I mean? It, it like yeah. reminds me a lot of a computer right now, and it's just not like maybe like an Apple kind of thing because the layout's kind of like you know different. It's not like you have like a task menu and all that shit, but it's it right, seems to run yeah. like one. You know. And it's, like, a very sleek, you know, yeah. like, it's got that, like, matte back and, like, that yeah. nice smooth finish, and it's, yeah. like, a very, like... The buttons like, are really, like, nice to use. Nice I like the click re- Yeah, the, the click response is really, like, rewarding, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> I never thought I'd be saying that about a stupid button, but... But uh, it's true. It it's really like is, the, yeah. I just, man, like, the reality of it is for me is I really just feel like the Switch is, like, such a... It does such a good job of, like, executing on all these ideas that Nintendo's been, like, iterating on for a while. Right. Like, the Wiimotes, like, you know, they were really revolutionary at their time and everything, but, like, they kind of suck. And, like, (laughs) the the Joy-Cons are basically, like, a really natural evolution of that idea, but way better. Oh, yeah. And they actually work, uh, like, real fucking controllers. What's the little thing you slide on it once you you take it out, that little extra bar to add add some uh, Oh, uh, the grip. Yeah, the, the Joy-Con thing. grip. Yeah, those those are fantastic. This guy. It, it yeah it it, it well no, not not the center dock thing that you showed me just now but the little slidey bar that like adds to the the bumper. Oh 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 I'm sorry yeah I'm talking about the thing that lets you turn them into a controller. No, no, no the, that's yeah, nice I don't know too. what those things are called the the little things that you slide on the back and like yeah. give them the extensions yeah right that 
honestly makes that whole thing feel like an actual controller because like you can hold it and you're like ah, it's nice and all that it's a little tiny but you put that on you're like oh okay fine it's yeah it's 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 insane how comfortable they are yeah it's very uh it's very weird i don't know like it you don't feel like you're ever playing the system wrong you know what i mean you could be holding them off putting it like separate doing them uh together holding on the controller adding a pro controller but every way just it's like hey how do you want to do it i think the greatest thing about this system i've noticed is however you want it to be played is how you're going to play it and yeah zelda i think is the single perfect to like wrap this whole conversation around i think it's the perfect game to launch on now uh because that whole game is about play how you want to play uh yep and discover it's so intuitive and like i've learned how to use the switch through playing that game and i wow like brilliant it's absolutely brilliant dude like it's i'm like I, i fucking love what they've done with it you know i think i was I was happy with the system. I played it like for your, what, like 10 minutes at your house? A couple times, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just like kind of picked bit. it up and all that. But once I got some like two hours in, I started realizing like what all the hype was about. And uh, yep. I, I don't like, not like I was going to regret it, but I really, I really am glad I got one now. Especially before uh, the mad- madness of December and, and all the Christmas crap and all the Mario is going to come out and everyone's going to yeah. want it. You know? And it's going to be like even oh, more impossible God. to find than it is right now. It's, it's yeah. awesome, dude. Like... I, it's just such a like <laughs> I just remember coming out of that Switch announcement event like so like oh man they really have an uphill battle here and it's just like oh, man, yeah. have they have they done everything right since this thing came out you know if anyone remembers like the the slack cast that we had from back in the day where we we did the Switch announcements like the first like show off of it like what it could do yeah and we were just like holy shit this is so much hype and i remember uh i'm just like you know, I'm hyped. That's great. Nintendo has never gotten me so hyped before. Wait, let's wait for them to fail. And and they haven't. I don't know. They've done everything absolutely perfect, you know, the, except making enough switches, I guess. <laughs> uh, but that's to be expected, you know, like it, it just came out. There's always going to be console droughts, you know. Yeah, well, and I think the big problem they're running into, too, is that apparently, I think it's the screen technology is the same in the new iPhone. So they're, like, competing with Apple directly for a product, and that's why they can't make enough Switches. Like, a bunch of people are like, oh, so Nintendo as usual, like, trying to, like, make a fake thing. And they're just like, no, we would love to fucking put these things out because you want to buy them. You know, like, we want to get as many of these fucking things in your hands as possible. Yeah. And, like, they're stuck. Um, but yeah, so to take it back to Zelda, uh, just how many hours in are you? Six, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Seven. I I got, um, like past the original, you know, uh, trials and all that crap. Yeah, the tutorial and everything. Yeah, I guess that's the tutorial. That makes sense. Well, you can't leave that zone, so yeah. Yeah. Um, That's literally the the only part of the game where you have a direct objective. From then on, it's like, do whatever you want. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Go kill Ganon. (laughs) So I explored, like, three different zones, not entirely. I got about six other shrines done i hooked you uh, up with a pona yeah right? you got me a pona uh yeah. which i have passed that first day i very rarely used her um just i don't know like i'm better off on foot because i'm consistently jumping off to grab shit and you know explore yeah. just even like every single tree and and it's ridiculous the amount of time i'm putting into like single objects you know like forests yeah. i'm like going through and, and like jumping up all the trees just to and get just exploring like crap, every you know? single thing right yeah yeah and that's the thing is like the horse really comes in handy more often when you know where you're going like yeah. when you're not exploring and you're like oh i oh, need yeah. to go it's i need to great. travel this vast distance and there's no shrines or anything nearby so it's like jump on the horse because like walking there will take you for fucking ever 
Yeah, or my favorite strategy is go up to the top uh, as high as I can get and Just jump glide. off something, and yeah. you go really far that way. Yeah, but if you run out of stamina or there's like not a good place to land, then you gotta like there's like a whole you know. Oh, it's I know. Like, it's, I just take the that's risk. That's not always an option, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's cool though because I like that like you're not overly reliant on the horse. It's just one of the many tools in your arsenal to like get around however you see fit. You know. Yeah, the the weirdest thing about this game is that uh, m- most games that are open like this uh, re- require you to use certain things. Like you have to use the the transport method, or you have to use like this object to do something in the game. There's right. always some like built-in mechanics, and while they're always fun, like they're always required for the gameplay. And that's like, you know, like it could be as simple as you know saying I'm playing Borderlands, I have to shoot guns. You have to do it to continue. Right. With well, Zelda, I mean, especially in Zelda, right? It's like, oh, you need X item to do Y thing. Yeah. You know, and like, and like that that applies to many things. But Zelda is one of the first games I felt where I don't need anything to actually play the game like i i have so many options in front of me that i don't need to specifically use one to proceed like i've taken out enemies in like 30 different ways already you know i've dropped rocks on their head just for fun you know i throw you throw bombs at them if you want you could stab them you could shoot them with an arrow like and you're presented all of these tools pretty much as soon as you start you know and yeah it's it's really weird that you're not like first of all you have infinite bombs which is just bonkers amazing yeah Yeah. (laughs) i come from the last game playing was uh ocarina of time for me so you know i love the shit out of that game but you never had infinite bombs in my day so old man thompson (laughs) kicking in like there was never such a thing this is wild concept then i'm able to use physics which is just fucking crazy because i didn't know i was playing half-life that's the best thing about (laughs) it man is like the physics engine is incredible and like how often like you just have that aha moment of like i wonder if i can do this yep i sure can (laughs) yeah like i jumped on a bear the other day just because you're like you can jump on bears and i was like no shit found a bear and jumped on it yeah um just for fun yeah. you know yeah the other day i was out in the field and like i didn't have a pony nearby and i like f- saw some deer and i was like oh sweet and i just like mounted a buck and i was like it's so lame that you can't bring these to the stable because you oh, look yeah, so yeah. cool riding a deer you know like oh, you look more <laughs> badass riding a bear trust me yeah that's true <laughs> i just feel like that that really vibes with you know the whole like oh i'm like you know a magical elf man like yeah. thing you know like I don't yeah know. but the greatest thing is you can ride that deer and then you can slaughter it for its meat I killed that's it by what Zelda, accident. No, that's what Zelda lets you do, though. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. You can go on a rampage and kill everything you see and then pick up the 20th th- uh, thing in a row and then jump on that and ride that around. You know, like, yep. it's however you want to play. It's you can. I've deforested three different zones just because I felt like it. And then I only found out that, like, things recovered later on because I was actually trying to deforest stuff. I was like, if I, if I wipe out the forest near this area... I won't have any problems with enemies, you know? Like, I'll be able to see them. You're and, an unbelievable monster. <laughs> uh, it was resources, man. I was trying to gather stuff, you know? Like, I was getting lots of apples and acorns and all that shit. Whatever. Point, it doesn't matter. The, the animals are going somewhere else. It's fine. There's plenty of land. Um, <laughs> Not but, when you're done with it. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but whatever, yeah, so, you can't beat it. The blood moon. You can't I, face the blood moon. I should have known that a Japanese company would allow nature preservation. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what was wrong with me? <laughs> uh, it's like just ingrained in that but you know like the whole game is a blast uh it it's it's fun just little things too like even those stupid uh korok seed or leaf people uh you know you're like walking around you get to the town you see those apples in the bins and you're just like what if we put an apple in here and then you get a seed it's like fuck yeah i got an apple uh i got a seed for that you know like the little puzzles are so intuitive you know they're they're not backbreakingly hard and just and but they they require a little bit of thinking and i and i really appreciate that game you know yeah, I was gonna say in the same vein, like the uh, the shrines are like that too, where it's like they're fun little. It's just like, oh hey, like jump in here and spend five minutes solving this puzzle. 
Yeah, even when you have one that's kind of like hard, you know, per se, like something that yeah. you're like actually struggling to do, maybe because the game mechanics aren't allowing it as easy or you just have to figure it out. It's only like two rooms, you know, it's never it's never yeah. like 15 rooms with, with like four stages and like, you know, three boss fights at the end. It's it's it's, it's, it's nice. It, it feels rewarding, you know? Yeah. You actually want feels... to see them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it feels super rewarding just because like it isn't like oh i need an i like you know i've never gone into one and and left without finishing it you know you never yeah. have that moment of like oh i don't have the item i need right now yeah, or yeah, yeah. you don't need you know, the, I, I don't have the torch i don't have the bomb yeah you do yeah. you got everything <laughs> yeah and it's it's always literally like if i can't figure it out it's my fault like i'm not thinking hard enough you know i'm not yeah. looking at it the right way because there's usually multiple ways to do it too right oh there is yeah there definitely is i've noticed and that's the other thing these simple shrines all have different ways to do them and one way works a lot faster than the other sometimes, but you might accidentally do it the other way. Yeah, you know? right. Like, there's usually a quote-unquote right way, like, that'll be the quickest thing to do. But, like, I remember there was one specifically that I did that me and Andy and his sister had all done totally different ways. And we were, like, comparing notes. And I was like, oh, shit, that's really cool that there's this many win conditions for this puzzle, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's move on. Bef you know, we want <laughs> to too much Zelda. into. Yeah, we can talk about Zelda the whole whole fucking episode, but we got we got more stuff to get into. Um, but that's actually going to set us up for this week's random question of the week. <laughs> I like almost had like, a cough like in the you middle. Need of it, to, you need like... to leave that little uh, at the end because <coughs> that was perfect. You you end off and you're just like. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> all right so yeah um so in the spirit of this switch discussion i wanted to ask you um what feature would you most like to see come to the nintendo switch next so uh like vod you know like uh netflix youtube hulu that kind of thing uh virtual console uh, maybe having the video capture updated to the share button or do we want to like maybe go for something bigger that like we haven't been promised, you know, like uh, achievements or like native voice chat or something. Actually, that's a very easy question um, for me. I would love to have YouTube and Netflix and those services on it. Specifically YouTube, honestly, because um, it, it, it doesn't seem like – I mean with Netflix and stuff, you might have licensing and all that. I, I don't really know, understand 100% the inner workings of all that shit, and they might have to pay for that, so – nintendo as a company and all that but like just hooking up to youtube is basically saying like hey let's have an internet app that goes to a website it's not um i don't think that's backbreaking labor you know i think that's pretty easy to do it seems it seems very weird to me that we still don't have these vod services and i i think we're probably going to get an announcement about them sometime this winter like because i know that like the paid version of the nintendo online stuff is supposed to go live in um it's a few months from now it's in like November, I think. I, yeah, they might have it's pushed got it some back. time. So I feel like it's going to have to come then. But I'm with you where it's like, I don't even think it's like, it shouldn't be a problem for Netflix and Hulu because those things are already on all their other devices. You know, yeah, like they especially have them that. on the Wii. You can still watch Netflix on your Wii, but you can't watch it on your Switch is like a little ridiculous. The, the so, 3DS, you know? Yeah, even and the fucking 3DS can play Netflix and Hulu. Like, that's that's kind of what bugs me. Honestly, the only gripe I've had was knowing that my my inferior system that i love <laughs> but is truly actually yeah. inferior to this thing is not able to do something and it's like 
I, I get it because you know you get a PlayStation Three, you couldn't play. You know some models couldn't play all the games before that. The four can't play the threes. You know backwards compatibility has been lost over the generations sometimes. Yeah, I don't even think this is the same though. I don't no, think no, it's, no. Like, excusable. It's, but it's But that's what I mean. Like that's something that this is. This is not excuse inexcusable. Yeah. To me. You know, like this is. Uh, it's, it's a stupid video on demand service that every other device on the planet, my phone can do it and my phone is shit. And you know, my phone is shit. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and like my 3ds, which is like one tenth as powerful, probably can do it. And, um, doesn't the Vita do it, you know? Yeah, totally. And so we're trying to like, destroy the... like, Oh no, you know what? Maybe the Vita doesn't do it actually. Now that I think about it. Well, that's weird. Yeah, no, I don't think it does. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe oh, not. Either way. Well, I mean, the Vita, lots the Vita of was like, small, you know, it, it it got underserved. Like yeah. we, we could do a whole episode about how fucking PlayStation kneecapped the Vita, right. but um, it just should have it. Period. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I think that's actually my number two because I think that's probably the thing that I wish I had the most. It's probably the thing I'm most often like, oh, it would be real nice to be able to boot up YouTube on this thing. Ooh, excuse me. Um, but I think the thing for me is really like Virtual Console. Like I really like want to be able to play retro Nintendo games on this thing. You know, like. Uh, it's it's like kind of ridiculous to me that again that we launched without either of those things like virtual console's been a huge part of nintendo's bread and butter for wii and wii u and 3ds for that matter and like i know it's great that we don't have this problem but in the early days of the wii u the only thing i used it for was to play retro games because there wasn't really anything to play you know and oh i remember that yeah, you remember they were like they did that thing where they were like, "Oh, we're gonna release a bunch of like NES games for thirty cents," and I was like, "Yeah, Fuck yeah. yeah," and like yeah, I got, got a all ton. of them. Yeah, yeah, and it was like I used to play Balloon Fight like all the fucking time when we were just kicking it. You know, <laughs> yeah, dude, was we were like, playing old games all the time. Uh, yeah, and it was awesome. And mm-hmm. like I, I really think like we're missing out on that with with uh, the Switch. And I think like not that the Switch has had a problem of there being a software drought like we talked about. There's these three great exclusive Nintendo games or semi exclusive, I guess, because two of them are on Wii U. But, you know, we <laughs> who have... Who cares? <laughs> yeah, like, right. Who fucking cares? Exactly. So we have yeah. three, and then coming on four with Splatoon. So we're gonna... And then we have a Mario coming later this year. So, like, there's tons of shit to play. We've got Shovel Knight. We've got a ton of great indies and shit like that. But I feel like if you also added, hey, we have, you know, all of these fucking classic NES, Super Nintendo, you know, whatever, GBA, whatever you want to open it up to... Uh, games, oh yeah, we should open up like, to that. Right for you, be able to play. You know, Advance like, Wars, easy. I mean, those <laughs> those things are on 3ds, so it's like I they need to be on the Switch, and like I get why that would take longer than something like VOD. You know, it's easy to fucking get Netflix running on this bullshit. I think they're probably not doing it because their internet isn't really figured out. But the Virtual Console is the thing where right now you could make it where instead of being like, you know what, man, the Switch has a great library for where it is. Like, it's so early in its life and there's already, like, you know, 30 or 40 really fun games on it or whatever. But it's like, yeah, but, like, we could have, like, 500 really great classic games on it, too, and it would be insane. It would have an insanely huge oh, library. you know what I just thought of? Super Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo. If we had yeah, access dude. to anything in that level... Like Mega Man's and shit from back in the day. I didn't know the Virtual Console could go. Like I never used it. So like, what what was their limit on like what they added in uh, the Wii U and stuff? I mean, it's different on every platform, which is what's shitty. It's like the, <laughs> okay, yeah, because it's sure. like the ver- it's like it's very much like you know how the PS Store that PS3 worked with is not the same one that PS4 works with. Yeah, it's the same thing. Where like there was a different Virtual Console on every platform. So like 3DS 
has like Game Boy and 3DS and or not and not 3DS um GBA and like a bunch of other like handheld and like smaller shit like that it has yeah, like yeah. NES games um and then but the, the Switch new 3DS Super Nintendo shit the Switch could run any of those so yeah you know, like, like and then some so that's no problem that's the thing is like I think the Switch is the place where I want to finally see Nintendo have a unified virtual console where every single one of their first party games across every platform and then all the good third party games are all available on the switch because it's time to stop segmenting them we only have one console now we don't need to have handhelds on 3ds and the console shits on wii or wii u no let's get it all on here get the let's let's do this shit i'm so down yeah I'm excited for that. Dude, like, I would, like, I want nothing more than to be able to just fucking jump into Super Mario World on my Switch whenever I want, you know? I would like, love to go I, back and play amazing. anything from the Super Nintendo on this same thing. Like, that would be, that would be, like, a dream come true. Like, and yeah. think about, like, think about how many games that brings to the table, where it's, like, you could have the whole library of the, like, SNES Classic on the Switch, too, and yeah. just be like, yeah, you've got fucking Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI. Oh, and, stop. Like, you know, like, that would be uh, awesome. <laughs> you cut um, <laughs> So, that's yeah. going to wrap it up for this random question of the week. Again, if you guys want to send in your own random question of the week, you can send us an email at thecomicspals at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll read your random question. So, send them in. Help us out. Uh, it saves me some work. I don't have to fucking pick one up. <laughs> I made up one once. <laughs> Yeah, um, so, okay, uh, this week, uh, we've got one more thing to do before we jump into the news, which is we've, ooh, sorry about that, my pop filter just hit me in the face. Yeah. Um, (laughs) we've got one more thing to do, which is, uh, we've got some reader mail. Um, this one was sent in, actually, like, two weeks ago, but we held off on it because Thompson wasn't around, um, it's specifically to him. So yeah, so this uh, piece of email is called Morrison's Batman and Edgelords. Uh, So half of this email we actually already read on the Comics Pals two weeks ago um, because it was kind of a 50-50. Jimmy is uh, a regular listener of both shows. He's written into the Comics Pals uh, once or twice before. Um, So Jimmy writes in and says, Hey pals, I'm writing in once again because I have some new topics I want to discuss that I've heard brought up on the Comics Pals and on the Video Game Pals. So I'm going to skip the Comics Pals shit. We already covered that, so go check that out. Uh, if you're interested. Um, but Jimmy writes into this show and says, next is what I wanted to discuss for the video game pals. I started listening to your video game podcast because I love video games and you did some cool E3 coverage. Anyway, I can't remember the name of the pal right now, but you always call him the edgelord with a heart of gold. <laughs> nice. I'm glad so, yeah. it's catching on. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so in one of the episodes I listened to, he mentioned wanting a grimdark video game. It seems like this pal is particularly interested in edgelords and grimdark gen- and the g- grimdark genre in general. So I wanted to bring something up. I don't know if he likes to read, but Joe Abercrombie has a uh, fantasy or Abercrombie um, has a fantasy trilogy called The First Law that is a perfect example of the grimdark genre in midi- in a medieval fantasy setting. Oh my God, I'm in. <laughs> Please let me know if any pal has read this because it is my favorite fantasy series and created my favorite book I have read titled Best Served Cold. If not, it is a lot of reading, but I think that I really think the edgelord with a heart of gold would appreciate this series if he ever finds the time for it. Thanks, pals. You make my days better at work or my days at work better. Excuse me. Thanks for writing in, Jimmy. We really yeah, appreciate thanks. it. Um, I've been looking for a new book series anyway because like I'm I'm finishing up my last book, which my god i bought like 30 or 40 a few years ago and now i'm done so there you go i'm definitely in all right cool right so on. yeah thompson get reading to him and then what is it uh, called we'll... again uh oh crap hold on i just closed the email oh you know what you can tell me after the show but thank you uh that was that was a really good suggestion um you you hit all the the, <laughs> the words uh grimdark and medieval fantasy like thank you 
perfect. Sci-fi, medieval fantasy, anything like that, I'm in. Great. So, yeah, thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for writing in. Thanks for the recommendation. Thompson will read it, and uh, he'll get back to you. And then, um, yeah, I mean, again, if you guys want to write in and have your questions read on the air, you want to have your thoughts read on the air, you can uh, send us an email at thecomicspals.gmail.com. So please do write in. We love getting reader mail, and we love reading it. So, yeah, send us your thoughts. Um, And it can be about anything, you know? Like, if you want to talk about the news or, again, recommend a book, what the fuck ever, do it. Uh, We love hearing from you. So, I guess that means it's time for... (laughs) The news! The news! We talking about the news! The news! The news! We talking about the news! Alright, so we've got about four items on the news list this week, but a couple of them are pretty meaty. So, uh, let's jump into them before we get to our Castlevania review. Uh, So, number one on the list is, if you were hoping to get down and dirty with some daddies this weekend, you're going to be out of luck. It's the Game Grump's first video game, Dream Daddy, a dad dating simulator, has been delayed. Uh, So the news came from the game's co-creator and Grump, Vernon Shaw, uh, via a social media post, which I'll read to you guys right here. Hey everyone, Vernon here. Today was supposed to be the release day of Dream Daddy, a dad dating simulator. We had been working under crunch conditions for the past three weeks, and going into today, we all felt confident that we could release a game to you. As it went later into the day, it became more apparent with more late-game bug discoveries that this wasn't yet the version of the game we wanted to release. I checked in with all the developers on the project with us, and while they were working as hard as they could, it was obvious that the last three weeks of sleep deprivation were taking their toll. We all sat down and talked to t- and talked to talk it through, that is what it says, ultimately <laughs> deciding that we can't release the game tonight. We want to put out the good put out we want to put out the good game that you all deserve but to do that it's going to take a little more time the plan right now is that we're all going to go home get 12 hours of much needed sleep and then come back to you tomorrow with a new release date i want to personally apologize to all of you who've been waiting patiently for this game i'm sorry for being silent while we were trying to figure out what what to do this wasn't an easy decision to make but in the end i think it'll mean you'll receive a game that you'll love as much as we do please feel free to reach out to me personally on twitter at vernon shaw if you have any questions thank you vernon so, um, I mean, this, this is a bummer. I think there was a lot of people were pretty harsh uh, on Twitter in response to this. Uh, we did see a lot of love, but they had a lot of really good buzz going into this, and it really sucks that they missed this date. Um, but I get it, man. You know, it's like that's game development. It's really hard, and, like, I would rather them take the time to get it right and put out, you know, a game that is bug-free or as bug-free as they can get it. And, uh and have it have a clean launch and you know people will forget about this if the game comes out and it's good yeah i didn't actually know this even happened and uh i think i think it's always usually the benefit of a developer to to delay a game if they feel it needs to be developed uh longer you know I, yeah I, we we criticize companies like ea and stuff for shitting out a game uh every year you know or like ubisoft for some games and, and it's like they have bugs and it's because the development cycles rushed and all that and so would you rather be known as one of those jackasses or take pride in what you do? And, you know, like if, you, you know, also if you're making uh, a game, you know, you're the one who knows what you want in it, you know, and yeah. it's, it's not even a matter of like too many cooks or like overdoing something. If it's not done, it's not done, you know. And this is their first game and they want it to be good, you know, yeah. and like I, I'm sure they put a lot of time into this and they plus, want it to be the best thing it can be. Yeah. The, plus, I think they want to come across as like legitimate, uh, you know, game developers. Yeah, not that they're just, like, getting you to buy this weird, goofy game because you like Game Grumps. They also want it to be a legitimately good game and something yeah. that's funny, you know? And I think, you know, when you look at it, like, the game's Steam page currently has it marked for July 19th now. So it's, like, we're talking about, like, fucking six days that they delayed this thing. You know? It's, like, it was supposed to come out on the 13th. So it's, like, come on. 
Cut him some slack. They took I mean, a week. South Park took what? How long? Like already? Uh, six six Please, months? A year? They fucking delayed Final Fantasy 15 for 10 years. It's like, we can't give them a week? Kingdom Hearts relax. Uh, 3, you know? Um, yeah. 12 <laughs> years? Game, like StarCraft 2, you know? Games get delayed. Fucking Half-Life 3? Come on. All right, I'm going to keep going on if I, <laughs> if I don't stop. But yeah, games get delayed all the time. And I don't think, you know, under a month or even within two months is, is an incredibly reasonable time. Yeah. I mean, let alone let alone a week. Let yeah. alone, hey, we need a week to fix bugs, and we're gonna put out the game. Okay, let's let's relax. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm actually excited for this. Like, I for those who don't know, uh, like the game was announced like during E3 season, uh, and it's like basically you create a dad Sona, and you can romance <laughs> seven different dad characters who are all voiced dad by Sona. <laughs> yeah, is that uh, an official are, like description? <laughs> that's what it says on the Steam page. Yeah. Oh man, that's good. Um, and all oh, the all wow. the characters that you can romance are like either voiced by the Grumps or by like their friends, you know, probably other YouTubers I would imagine, or maybe uh, you know maybe the Super Mega guys or whatever. Markiplier um, probably is one. Sure, right? And then like the <laughs> game, uh, the game promises multiple endings per dad, and then quote so many dad puns, like to the point where it made us all uncomfortable. <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's gonna be fun. I'm excited to play it. I I definitely want us to play it together. I think. Oh yeah. I definitely. I want to do like a let's play or something. Oh, we're definitely playing that game. Um, so it's like, you know, cut him some slack. It's going to be out next week. I'm sure it's going to be fine. And I'm sure it's going to be a fun game. So it's like, uh, you know, looking forward to it. Um, so the next item is a, uh, a bit of news about a game that, uh, Thompson, I, and Andy have all been playing quite a bit of since it entered early access. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is adding, uh, first, per- first person only servers in the game's next update. So the news came via a tweet from Player Unknown himself, the game's develop- lead developer, Brendan Green, who wrote, quote, Good news, everyone! First-person <laughs> servers are coming to at play- uh, it's Player Unknown Battlegrounds Twitter handle, I don't know. Pub. In our next- <laughs> at pub, pub Battlegrounds. Yeah. <laughs> In our next monthly update, uh, hashtag make hardcore great again. <laughs> uh, so Chloe Rad, which is like the coolest name I've ever heard, over at IGN, <laughs> is reporting that the update is set to roll out first for North American and European solo and duo matches, uh, with it coming to other regions in the future. And uh, when asked by IGN if that will extend to squad games as well, the team told them, quote, we will use data from these modes to further polish the system and expand it further. So it sounds like we'll probably get squad modes eventually, once they figure it out. Uh, So those who already play the game know that normal servers offer both first and third person viewing options. However, um, there's like a few advantages that come with third person. Like you're like if you're like a high tier pro player, apparently you're supposed to go in first person to like shoot inside like buildings and like certain things like that. Yeah, that's what I do. though. I mean, I'm not Um, not a pro anything about this game, but I've always done that because it's really hard to fucking see when you jump into a house and third person's camera slapping into the walls behind you. Right, so <clears throat> that that's kind of like the way that people play, but for the most part, people are playing in third person mode. Yeah, um, because of the advantages, of, like being able to like see around a corner, or, like look over cover, and like just see things you wouldn't be able to see if you're in first person. Um, and like you know, not put yourself in danger from like taking that peek. Right, so because of that, it's kind of like impossible if you want to just play the game hardcore first person, like for you to compete because you're just at a disadvantage. So yeah. That, because of that, um, people from the community have, like, been kind of, like, anxiously awaiting, like, official first-person servers. This has been a thing they've been looking for for a while. Um, so it's cool that they're finally going to get them. Not something that I'm going to do. 
Um, oh, I'm definitely well, doing this. I've, I've tried to do it all the time, and I get my ass slammed by this. There you go. I'm uh, so excited it, for this. So, yeah, you'll be able to do that. And, um, you know, don't worry if you're like me and you don't want to do that. Uh, these quote-unquote hardcore servers are not going to be included in the default queue. So it's its own queue for you to queue as a first-person um, you know, player versus playing in third-person mode. So you'll never have to play a first-person game if you don't want to. Yo, you ever skydive in that game and uh, first-person? No, that's really cool, though. I bet that is fun. You should always do that. It's, it's yeah, a blast. I've, it's a, I've it's, actually never done that. It's really actually fun to do that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what do you think about this? You're, you're into this, right? Oh, yeah, no, I'm totally into it. Um, I, like I said, I try to do this all the time just when I'm playing singles, you know, like I... I I like get into the first person and I'm just like, I'm solid snake this time, you know, I'll like crawl through grass and shit. And like, I won't be able to see my enemies. I'm getting shot at. And I'm like, Oh, where's the enemy? I don't know. You know, like, I, I have fun with this game, you know, like I don't intend to win every match. Like, you know, I, I play games for fun most of the time. And especially, sure. especially with this, like, uh, and the first person thing now that everyone would be on that level would be great because actually laying in a field, uh, you know, like we've done many times, um, the only really way to see someone is if you're in third person and you kind of arc the camera to a top-down kind of view, and it's really easy to spot someone laying in a field that way. Um, it's, it'll it'll change a lot of things for me, which is good. It'll make sniping more important too. You know, I mean, not that it isn't already, because someone with an 8x scope and a, a good sniper rifle is going to fuck up everyone, but it'll be better if you're all in first person because then you can at least try to hide better. You know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to just totally change the flow of the game, you know, like, and that's going to be cool. It's going to be interesting to see how it works out. And it's just cool because, like, it's cool to see this game in alpha and evolving so much. Like, they're going to be adding that zombie mode. They're yeah, finally definitely. adding some new maps. Like, they're adding this new first-person thing. Like, Yeah, well, when they got, like, $10 million from all the sales, they better do something. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it's it's just cool because, like... This game, it really seems like it's going to have a very Minecraft trajectory where it was like this yeah. big hit out of nowhere and now everybody's obsessed with it and they're going to just keep pumping out content. People are going to fucking play it forever. The other games have tried. There's H1Z1 and uh, like DayZ and stuff. And I think yeah. the difference with this game is that it's it's got developers that aren't just in it for the, the quick cash, you know, and, and grab kind of yeah, I, they did a, they did a lot of like weird kind of shady stuff. And yeah. Yeah. yeah I know but, that community was like very lukewarm. Cause a lot of yeah, times they would definitely. just like, like updates were late and they would like mm -hmm. not communicate well. And it's right. like, yeah. Like uh, we hear from player unknown, like all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like like he, usually once a week, honestly. Yeah. He's like very forward facing, you know, it's like, Absolutely. he's always talking about the game, always talking about what's coming out. And, like, they're very transparent about the development of this game and how involved the community is. And, like, you want first-person servers? Here they are, okay? You yeah. want zombies? Okay, let's do it. Like, and I think that's great. You know, it's like the game is already really fun. And I don't think it would need to evolve too much more to actually, like, etch out a niche for itself and be a thing that is a lasting game. But, like, it's doing even more. It's going above and beyond and, like, really using its resources well. So it's cool, man. I can't wait to see what... I can't wait to see where this game goes. As a side note to this game, uh, for like the first time, as one of the Steam articles sh uh, shows, it's maybe for even an hour, it it topped player count over uh, Counter Strike Go. Wow! Which is it like just for a moment beat it in players? You know. Well, and I know it's like it's exploding on Twitch. Yeah, but like that's crazy. This game has been out for like three, four months. You know, right? At most, yeah, and it's 
dethroning Counter Strike, which is like what fifteen year champion now. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I mean, like that's the thing is like it's everywhere. Like it's it's definitely like the hot game right now. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be really cool to see it come to consoles and see how like it hitting that like even bigger market is gonna be. I think this game's gonna be all over the fucking place for it a is, while. Yeah, definitely. Like, we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about pub for a long time. It was nice to be on the ground floor. Yeah, it's cool. Like, we've been playing since, like, the very beginning, pretty much. You know, it was like, I remember, like, it was like the first week of this show, even. You were like, oh, yeah, like, I'm trying to check out this game, Pub. It's like, just came out and it's getting, like, some traction. And then it was yeah. like, all of a sudden, it's like, holy shit. Like, this game is fucking everywhere. Yeah, I initially didn't want to even play it because I was like, I felt burned by the other ones I'd mentioned before. And then I think two weeks passed and the reviews were up into, like, the 80s and the 90s a little bit. Right. And I was like, fuck it, I'll jump on it. You know? It's like, yeah, I gotta give it a shot. Like, it was everyone's worth it. talking about it. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, it's it's super fun, you know. And it's like, it's very clearly an early access game right now. But like, the fact that it's this good in early access is just like, man, when they work out all the kinks, this game is gonna be fresh to death. <laughs> yeah. Like, think about like what it's gonna be like. You know, when we get not just one point but like, what's two point look like? You know, like when they really clean up the graphics, and you know, like we have like five or six maps in rotation that all have a different flow and there's like multiple game modes and it's like it's gonna be cool man you're already starting to see a little bit with the addition of the sunset map it yeah, fundamentally I, changes the way you play just by changing the lighting and that's just that's saying something about this it's cool yeah like it, it makes it makes like sniping seem a lot less viable yeah and like the rain map too yeah right like the rain is that like changes everything too like I don't know. I'm really glad that these hardcore servers are coming out for people who need them. Like, it sounds like you're really into it. Yes. And, you know, it's just like, it's cool. It's great to see where this game's going. And I, I'm glad to be along for the ride. Um, so speaking of games that are not doing so hot, uh, the first 10 hours of Mass Effect Andromeda <laughs> is now available for everyone to play for free. <laughs> oh, that's a desperate attempt. Holy shit, if I ever heard one. Yeah, so um, people may remember earlier this year, uh, Origin Access subscribers were able to access the first 10 hours of the game as kind of a beta, and that was like, uh, it was through like the play first trial that EA does or whatever, um, and uh, yeah, that was like not great. It was definitely a big, like I think they thought it was going to be this great push for the game, and that was kind of like where everyone was like, hey, these facial animations are kind of weird, <laughs> you know, it was like definitely didn't help. Uh, the game like they thought it was going to and then now four months later uh after they've patched everything they've made a ton of these fixes um you know they are throwing this trial mode out for everybody so on any platform so if you didn't play mass effect or you did play the beta and you were turned off or whatever uh you can now go jump in and play the first 10 hours of the game um i'll i mean i'll speak to my experience with mass effect andromeda i played very little of it i think i got probably into the first 10 hours and um I liked it. You know, like, I thought it was fine. I thought a lot of the the complaints were definitely um, valid but overblown. It seemed like people really had an axe to grind against it, and I think there were definitely a lot of problems. It felt very... It felt like I was playing old Mass Effect, you know, in, in every bad way, in terms of, like, jank and things <laughs> that just shouldn't be acceptable in a game of this... Uh, of th that's this high profile. However... If you're a fan of Mass Effect, like, I think there are things to enjoy. I think that the actual plot itself, the threads that they're laying are 
fairly interesting from what I saw, and it's a game I'd like to get back to, but it just came out at a time where there was so much else going on that, like, it was easy for it to get drowned out, where it was like, do I want to play this okay Mass Effect game, or do I want to play Horizon Zero Dawn and Zelda? You know, like, so... I I hope that this 10-hour demo gets people back into it, maybe, like, a few more people play it enough, you know, to just to at least, like, show EA that there is or Bioware even, whatever, that there is, like, point in continuing the Mass Effect franchise. But, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about this, man? Like, are you... Do you have any interest in doing this and playing that first 10 hours for free? No, I'm not going to do it. And it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that the game was, like, buggy or whatever. I'm sure they patched it up, and I'm always willing to give a company or a game a second chance. There's multiple times that I've played games... <clears throat> I can't remember any offhand right now, but there's... You know, if something comes out and I'm like, oh, you know, I just... Like, even early access games I've played for forever... You know? Sure. Um, yeah, we're like lukewarm I, you know, on them. I'm fine with playing them again for being that, but I wasn't interested in Andromeda, and I'm not interested in it now. And it doesn't have anything to do. It it's not with the jankiness or anything, although that is a turnoff. It's more that I really do feel like I'm done with Mass Effect. Not like a sour note, even. I, I th- the final game was a good conclusion. I don't really dig the story of Andromeda at all. I'm not into the. I know like the spark notes of the main story. I'm not into it. It's not really striking a chord with me. Um, I don't really, like, any of the NPC companions I haven't really... Uh, I've watched a bunch of Let's Plays about, like, you know, just little things about them, just to, like, get snippets yeah, of the game. Yeah, get a taste. And, like, there's nobody I really got the the Garrus or the, you know, Tali feel from that you're like, oh, right. that's a companion, that's, like, a, a friend you can have in the game, you know, like, someone you can experience the game with that makes it, like, an Elizabeth from Bioshock kind of feeling, you know? Sure, but sure. In Bioware. Or, you know, any, you know, any Bioware yeah. game. and, like, you know, hey, Matt, they don't have to be the best games for me to enjoy them in my own right, and part of my way of enjoying those games has always been through the companions with Dragon Age and Mass Effect specifically. Sure. So if I'm not into that, then I'm definitely not into the game. There is, I think, one character I was lukewarm on, and I was like, eh. <laughs> I don't really know if I want to play it for that, you know. And also, man, right. like I don't want to jump into this like massive thing when eh, Mass Effect. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want to jump into it, you know, even ten hours when I can put ten hours into like Zelda right now, you know. Sure, right, and I think I think that's honestly like the problem is that like I you know I think if Mass Effect Andromeda had come out at a different point, I think the conversation around it would be a lot different. Like I think if it actually came out right now. They had six more months to respond to the beta things, fix all the jank, and it came out like this, you know, like now. It should, it should have been like a Christmas title, honestly. They, I think they should have just... I don't... I know. I think it would have suffered then, too, because I think it would have been... I mean, like, maybe that extra time would have helped it, but like... That's what I mean. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's a good time for Mass Effect to come out, unfortunately. There is no good month or day or anything. There's always better, like, bigger things around it right now. This is a huge year. So, like... Yeah, pushing. I mean, it. I think this summer would have been an okay time though, because all the big games are like big multiplayer games. A lot of them are Nintendo things. Like there hasn't been a big PS4 Xbox game in a couple months. That's true, except for Crash, I guess. But you know, like that's an exclusive, and I don't know. Like I feel like if it had come out a little bit later, we had had a little bit smoother, you know, animations at the beginning and everything. I think it probably would have been okay. I mean, it would have been like, fared a lot better. It's just. And, and it's just an okay game, and I think, like you said, this is such a big year for games. There's not room for a game that's just okay. That's a hundred hours. That's why you know? I think like, that's that's the only reason I was suggesting like waiting till the end of the year or even pushing it to, to the next year early cycle because yeah. you add you need to add more into it to really like 
there is no room for an okay game right now you know right and there, it, it's it's like even at its best it's gonna be an okay game like you're not gonna say like that's bad but you won't be like man andromeda shaped my life you know I mean, a lot of people seem to, like, not like it, but then there's there's a very, like, vocal group of people who are like, no, like, it was good. Like, I enjoyed my time with it. But that's the thing is, like, no, there's no one who's, like, banging the drum of, like, this game is amazing. You need to play it. You were wrong about it. The same can be said about Deadly Premonition. There's a group of people who say it's the worst game ever, and there's a group who say, like, yeah, you gotta, you'll enjoy your time with it. And it's, like, objectively a bad game if you look out on the surface, but there are things to enjoy in it. And, like, that's just, there's no room for that kind of shit in, like, 2017 gaming, you know? Like, we, we have yeah, the Switch it's now. It's a tough year, man. Yeah, we have it's the Switch now, and, like, PS4 and and uh, Xbox uh, are, are on the tail ends of, like, their, like, you know, technology capping, you know, gaming shit. Like, they know what they're doing with the systems now. Things are coming out, like, sparkling, you know, the PC is exploding with games finally being talked about in a relevant way, I think, that is, like, equal to the console terms, you know? It's always consoles get a lot of yeah. attention, and PC's there, and you gotta know about it yourself, but this time I feel PC's like it's... PC's a much healthier marketplace. Like, it's a healthy platform in a way it didn't used to be. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a gigantic year for, for gaming as a whole. The, you know, the whole culture, the industry, the consumers, everyone. And Andromeda doesn't fit through this year, unfortunately. And that really might say something about the whole series, because I, I don't think it would fit next year either, really. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, like I honestly think... I I, I agree and I don't agree, because I, I think that you're right that I think Mass Effect 3 was a bookend on Mass Effect, and I think if Mass Effect 3 had had a better... Like, the ending hadn't had that controversy, I wonder if they would have even made another one. I wonder if they would have just been like, you know what, we're good. Like, Mass Effect's done, let's move on. I feel they should have. And I honestly, like, seeing how Andromeda is, I think you're right that they probably should have just done that. But that being said, I think Mass Effect is such a rich universe and there are so many stories I, I would like to see told in that universe or with the, those, you know, with this the pieces there yeah and i think there is room for another mass effect trilogy but oh, yeah. i don't think this i don't think this was a good enough start to it to warrant it and for people to be like yeah I'm, you know like we were ready for mass effect and then it came out and we're like you know what like if it's just fine it's like fuck it like i there are so many games this year that are all-time great games that i will remember for years and years and years do i need to play a hundred hour game that's just okay i did that with fucking inquisition yeah and yeah. like by the end of it, I was kind of like, I'm sick of this, you know. Like, yeah. I think that I think the weird thing for me with Andromeda is it seems like they they definitely tried to pull away from the the first you know uh, story, the first trilogy story, and yeah. I get it. But part of what made the charm of the first game was that overarching story. So there is a lot of time in between that you could use. Like, what about the two years where Shepard was gone when he was getting reassembled into bullshit? You know, there's a whole gap. You know, what about the Batarian side of the universe? There's a whole world over there we never got to see there's shit happening within the original trilogy that expands a shitload of time that we could go into you know yeah or like i've said for years i would love a prequel in that yeah, universe of like prequel. like uh like a game like that was like the first contact yeah you we know? talked about that like before the, multiple ideas i love that for mass effect titles and i think the krogan wars you know yeah like, i remember uh one of the one of the articles some, i read somewhere said that they the development team for andromeda was like hey what, what was mass effect one at its core like an exploration game so let's make this like an exploration game and like okay and it's like, eh. i give you a pat on the back for trying but there's a reason that two was considered a better game than one and also three was probably storyline you know ending omitted probably a better game than number one at least for the enjoyment of playing it you know they're exploration is fun and all but when that's all you're supposed to do it it's very lost in translation 
Yeah, and it's like, it sucks because I think them being like, oh, what is Mass Effect 1 at its core is an exploration game, and it's like, yeah, but like, that's not what was fun about it. No, and it like, wasn't. That was the worst part of it. And I love one. <laughs> yeah, and like, I think that is a, a framework for a narrative is great. Like, I love that it has that like, Star Trek vibe, we're gonna boldly go and discover a new home for humanity. That's a really cool plot. And I think you can do that without it being a game where you're like, walk around and scan trees if you're playing like, a D campaign fucking... and your entire like every session you play you're still trying to figure out what the plot is it's not a good game you know what i mean the fact that it's fun that you can set up a plot of your own choosing is what makes mass effect great but if you don't hook onto like something that really draws you in you're fucked and i think that's well, you know a the big thing problem is, is like I, I honestly think like and yeah, no offense you know because like I, I don't mean this is like a uh, pejorative thing but it's like you didn't play the game but like no I, I know when, absolutely I, when I, when I did play it it reminded me of how I felt about Inquisition of just like there's a good story with interesting characters buried under yeah, a bunch of shit yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to do but that's what I mean you know? yeah and, that's what I'm trying to say like I don't like, want to work for it I mean like you want to at least give me something you know yeah dude and I think the problem for me is that like both of these games and then even metro or not metro i keep calling it metro it's anthem is their new game right oh, yeah anthem yeah i just these are these games are bioware going in the wrong direction like what bioware does well is like not like we don't need another open world game we have so many open world games every fucking where and like yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm not saying like i have serious open world fatigue but i love horizon I love Zelda, you know, like, that's fine. I don't think that, like, op open world is an inherently bad genre or that, like, we don't need any open world games. But not every game needs to be open world, and, like, especially Bioware games. Like, if you ask anyone what Bioware games are about, like, what makes them good, it's the story, it's the characters, and it's making decisions. So do that, and just fucking, like, tighten it. Like, we don't need all this ex- Ex fucking temporaneous shit of just walking around and driving around in a fucking tank. I don't fucking care. You know, I want to put me on a straight fucking line. <laughs> get, let me do some fucking like again. Mass Effect Three is all fucking running through hallways and shooting people and getting to the next cutscene, and that's fucking good. Yeah, Every, like and occasionally shoving that. a man out of a window for fun. Yeah, and but like that's the thing. Like those are the things you remember. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. No, yeah. nobody ever talks about any bioware game and is like oh the combat the bat you know like the, who fuck like yeah you should work on improving that we don't need new systems and all this bigger bigger shit no just do the thing that you already do well and just make a game that's actually fucking fun to play wow. how about you try that wow pete <laughs> i'm fired up i love bioware like they're like my favorite developers and we now have two they're like what i think are two of the best franchises in gaming two of my all-time favorites yeah brought to ruin yeah, and it's like, fuck, dude, like, I really hope that, I really hope they nail it with the next Dragon Age game, or they're gonna fucking kill that, too. Is there another one? Yeah, they're, they're working on the next one right now. Is it, like, continuing after the last one? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really follow uh, the last one. I actually don't, I mean, I'm sure it will, you know, because that's how the Dragon Age world works, but, like, I'm sure, like, I mean, you don't know, right? Because, like, it could be something that's totally unrelated to those events, because that's kind of how like you know like dragon age 3 has nothing to do with dragon age 1 yeah I, I mean except for like some of the characters right like morgan shows up and shit like that but like most of the time you end up in a new place with a new story and maybe some of the stuff from the old games like touches up against you mm. you know 
Or like again, yeah. maybe we have like a character like Varric or somebody else who shows up in that game, and I wouldn't, I would be surprised if we didn't learn more about Solus. You know, like his whole story got set up, and then we kind of like leave it, and you're like, oh shit, you know, is that from Inquisition? Yeah, there's really interesting implications there. Um, Someone took my name, huh? Son of a bitch. It's a magical elf man. Oh my god, are you kidding me? And he consorts with demons. What the hell? Oh my yeah. god. So somebody okay thanks so i'm telling you dude honestly you should play inquisition and just listen to me about like the open world shit and just skip it all just literally just plow through the main storyline and just do all the character missions yeah the cast is great like solace is cool iron bull is awesome like fucking uh dorian like there's great characters in that game but again it, it's just smothered by all this extra shit that you don't need in a bioware game yeah you know um I really wish Sean was here to confirm this, but I feel like part of the reason that we're having trouble with the newer of the editions of these series with Dragon Age and Mass Effect, it's kind of like a World of Warcraft feeling that I used to get. Like, I love Burning Crusade and I liked Wrath of the Lich King, but then you start getting a little bit too much bullshit added on and just yeah, like it's just getting too much crap. On. And then you have something like Cataclysm where everything gets all fucked and everyone's like, God, you know, this is just shit. Uh, paraphrasing. But also, the newest expansion a lot of people have said is great because it tightened the game up. It made it... Um, feel feel like the first game but also have the new stuff and i think that that's what we really want you know i think that's that's a problem you know they're adding stuff and they're piling stuff on but they may not be tightening the screws from the previous editions they're just keep putting more and more and more and like that's okay for certain games but it's not an mmo it is a single player game it's not skyrim let's say and skyrim's old as shit now and it still has a, a lot more content than those games do i think at least well, content that's worth doing anyway, that's the problem. Those those games have plenty of content, just most of it sucks. Right. We should move on from this. We're, we're, we're going to destroy Bioware by the time we're done. <laughs> yeah, so l- let's move on to the last item on the news list before we get into our review. Uh, so, um, regular listeners will remember a couple weeks back we reported on Kingdom Hearts' not E3 E3 trailer uh, that had a tease for more information that a new world would be revealed at Disney's D23 uh, Expo, which is kind of like... Disney does it, I think, like, biannually, and it's, like, a big, like, you know, they talk about all their big Disney shit for the next couple of years. Uh, so, that trailer has come out, and uh, I'm sure you've seen it if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan. But with it, there's a ton of news about the game. So, the big headline is that for the first time, we'll be heading to a Pixar world by joining Woody and Buzz in the world of Toy Story, allegedly, in 2018. Um, which is, I, I wanted to touch on that, because for me, the big headline is all the stuff that came out about the game. I don't believe this release date. It's like, there are so many people who are like, oh my god, it's finally got a release date. Like, oh, my heart, like, oh. But it's just like, guys, it's, I don't think it's coming out. Like, it's, even if it does, it's a staggering 12 years after Kingdom Hearts 2, four years after it was announced. I don't, I don't think it's happening. I, I will bet serious money yeah, Andy messaged me about it when I sent him. He was like, oh, I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so. Read this game coming out in 2018. I was like, I'll bet you real legit money that it gets pushed in 2019. Like, it looks very done from what we've seen, but like, come on, man. Like, they delayed Final Fantasy 15 when we saw it and it looked this done. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. The fact that they didn't give it a, like a win, like it's a window, you know, like it's not even like, oh, Q4 or whatever. It's just 2018. It's like, mm, oh, is it though? <laughs> to be young and though? naive. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll believe it when I have it in my hands. Let's put it that way. But I don't want to come off as negative. I'm excited. This trailer was really cool. Uh, so taking it back to the Toy Story stuff, 
We also got confirmation uh, of something that fans have been speculating since we saw the footage from E3 that was set in the world of Hercules. So in that Hercules scenario, we saw a bunch of stuff that we've never seen in the movies or like any of the Hercules, you know, extended universe or whatever. So a lot of people were kind of speculating like, oh, is this going to be like, are we going to get just get new content? Are all these stories in these worlds going to be brand new instead of just playing through the events of the movies, which is what we've done in previous Kingdom Hearts games? Um, so... The team from Pixar actually came out during the event and explained that the whole scenario would be a br- oh, sorry, hit my thing, uh, would be a brand new story set in the Toy Story universe, and um, that uh, John Lasseter, who's actually like the head honcho over at Pixar, was actually involved in crafting the story. So that's really cool. Uh, and then friend of the show and Kingdom Hearts newsboy over at uh, kh13.com, Logan Toomey, uh, who you can follow on Twitter at TuminatorKH13. Big, big voice in the Kingdom Hearts community. He's a mod over on our Kingdom Hearts. Um, all that shit. Uh, he's reporting that the same has been confirmed for Big Hero 6, that it will apparently be a brand new story set in the universe of Big Hero 6. So uh, it's probably safe to assume that if it's both of these, that maybe that's going to be the case across the board. Seems that way for Hercules as well. Um, so I think that would be really cool. That's a really good development, I think, for Kingdom Hearts because... You know, as cool as it is to just be like, oh, yeah, like, nostalgia, you remember this thing that happened in this movie? It's like, it was always kind of weird to me that it's like, so I'm showing up to help the character do a thing that they were able to do by themselves in the movie. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, there's just Heartless here now, and I have to fuck them up. And, like, it, it, it always just felt weird. It felt like I was, like, traveling in time and being like, we gotta fix the timeline or whatever, you know? It's like, <laughs> Marty, like, we, we gotta, gotta go back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, it's your grandson. He's been, he's biting heartless. We gotta go. Uh, so I don't know. Like, it's really cool that we're gonna get some new stuff. You know, like I really love the idea of getting new content with these characters, and uh, that some of the like Disney people are actually gonna be involved. That's cool. Um, so then the trailer also showed us some uh, other like big news. Like we saw the gang fighting against Heartless and Nobodies at the same time, which is the first for the series. Seems like that's gonna be reflected in the uh, the story as well. Uh, we saw some brand new attacks and abilities, um, like new weapons. Like they're like weird charge modes um, called like the magic launcher and the hyper hammer. So it seems like you kind of have like a, a special gauge that you work up, and like I guess similar to like the valor and other forms or whatever we had in Kingdom Hearts two. It seems like maybe you'll have these special weapons instead. Uh, then we also saw what seemed like a couple mini boss fights, just like extra large enemies that didn't seem to be like bosses proper, but that seemed to take a little bit more effort to take down. Uh, and then a big thing, we have the ability to add multiple new party members. So, you know, fans of Kingdom Hearts will remember that in previous entries in the series, like when you had a new character in a new world, you always had to swap out either Donald or Goofy. Now you don't have to do that and you can actually add multiple characters. So in the Toy Story thing, we saw both Buzz and Woody in your party with you and Donald and Goofy. So I think that's really cool too. Um, that was the thing I guess was probably a technical limitation in previous games that just isn't a problem anymore. Um, so that's great. Uh, and then just to wrap it up, we had other little bits of news that have dripped out thanks to an interview with Kingdom Hearts' uh, director Tetsuya Nomura and IGN, including that uh, the game is going, he's planning on anyway, featuring at least one additional playable character to Sora. Um, so, you know, maybe Riku, maybe Kairi, who knows. Um, and then the fact that up to five characters or more can join your party. So it seems like there might be a point where you even have like, you know, like seven people with you or something in a battle. And that would be fucking crazy awesome. 
Um, and then finally, a little thing was that uh, apparently the rest of the games in the series could come to Xbox One and Nintendo Switch at some point in the future. It's it's not off the table, but right now they're just focusing on getting the game out, and then they'll talk about ports later. Um, so it's a lot to unpack. I really wish Sean was here because he's the big Kingdom Hearts boy, but uh, I'm really getting excited about this game again. You know, like for the longest time, I've really just been trying to keep it at arm's length. It's been 12 years, like you know what i mean i know that feeling i understand no i really do it i waited for like forever for starcraft and you know like half-life 3 was always on my wish list for you know and like i, I want to do nukem forever before right. you know it was a thing and meme so it's like I, I i get it dude when you hit 10 years on a game you start getting a little bit like well sure if it comes out you know <laughs> right they announced it four years ago at this point too you know where i was like oh kingdom Hearts 3 is coming and it's like sure it is you know, yeah, and, and there'll I, be peace like, in the Middle East, and, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, dude, and the reality of it is, like I said, it was, it's been 12 years since Kingdom Hearts 2, and, like, I've played most of the side games, but, like, dude, I I was, like, a pre... I was, like, just a barely, te- like, pre- like, prepubescent boy when the last game came out, and I'm now a 25-year-old, or pushing 25, I'm 24-year-old uh, man, and it's, like, uh, you know, it's, like, I have my doubts, but, like these trailers like they're done they're polished there's story there's cutscenes. we see the fight we're seeing these new mechanics we're seeing the returning mechanics like this game's far along and even though i don't think it's going to come out in 2018 i think it probably will come out in 2019 well that'd be a welcome surprise for people like you it's so exciting and like i i really have worry that the game is not going to resonate with me as much or that like it's maybe too late for me to like really have that real experience that i want with it but like i'm hopeful that i'm gonna jump in and it's gonna have that nostalgic thing and i'm just gonna jump right back into it and be like fuck yeah because like i'm not gonna lie to you like in this trailer when there was that moment where um you know it's the toy story break right and it was like the beginning of it, it's very frantic and then we break and it's they're fighting in toy story and it's just Sora, donald and goofy and like it's that classic the way a kingdom hearts battle opens up where the three of them are standing together and you're faced off against this whole big like group of heartless and then all of a sudden it just snaps and there's just that crazy frantic everyone's moving around and everything and just i i and the music's playing and everything you know and i just had this like moment of just being like oh man like i still this still means something to me you know like this still really tugs at my heartstrings in a very like very pure nostalgic kind of way and like i'm excited for this game for the first time since they announced it you know like i remember being like oh my god it's finally announced but like now it's really like it's like close like it might actually come out next year you know and like i'm excited like i'm genuinely excited it was like me with final fantasy 15 you know i i had said so many times i wish i could enjoy final fantasy again and when i got that first hands-on uh, a little bit with with 15 i was like i remember i was telling you guys i was like that yeah this is doing it this is what i wanted you know and like it's good to have that experience especially after i mean 15 you know obviously there was previous final fantasies before that it wasn't 12 years but it's probably been 12 years since i enjoyed one you know what i mean so uh that was a welcome surprise and i'm glad you're gonna have one too because everyone needs a nice rp and like andy had his persona i had my final fantasy you're gonna get your kingdom hearts um i don't think Sean has a RPG he really enjoys very well. But I mean, he likes Kingdom Hearts a lot too, so I know he's hype on this one as well. Maybe we'll get him onto like Chrono Trigger or something since he's never played any <laughs> game ever. Like, and that's a really good starting. <laughs> like, you know, Chrono Trigger is definitely the, the a good opening RPG. Just well, dude, for RPGs. Like this is like this is the like deep 
weeb shit that I really love. Like, I love Kingdom Hearts. You it's know? not like, even I, weeby, though. Come on. Oh, Thompson, you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. You've never played a Kingdom Hearts. And if you yeah. if you can sit here and look me in the eyes and say that you think it's not weeby, you don't know shit about no, Kingdom it's, Hearts. No, it's weeby. Trust me, it I know. It is so fucking anime. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I like to poke fun at it. Hearts. Uh, friendship. Even, even I make fun of it, and I like that shit, so... Dude, well, whatever. We're I'm gonna make you play it. We're gonna sit down. Oh, I'm gonna no, buy the, I don't wanna. the re-release, and we're gonna we're gonna jam. No, through these I just want to play the new three. one. Then, if we're gonna have to play anything, no, dude, you gotta get the context. Oh, you God. need to feel it in your balls. Like I'm not I do. gonna. It's You're not gonna, gonna work. Gonna, <laughs> I am heartless. <laughs> Uh, oh, we'll see, man. You're, I'll, I'll, you're gonna be the Riku to my Sora. It's gonna happen. Only we're not in, like, not in a gay way, but I mean, not, not that there's anything wrong with that. Wait, oh, who's Riku? Though. Sounds like a Riku. girl's name. Is that the Final Fantasy Ten girl though? She is in the games loosely, but like, uh, wait, no, so there's Riku, two Rikus? You son of a bitch. <laughs> Riku is a guy who you will definitely what? identify with because he's the Edge Lord character, and him and Sora have like a very like homosexually charged like romance, <laughs> you know. Um, and it's like a very, oh, like, yeah. like the, the fandom for that ship is very real. Oh, okay. Um, and again, Kurosami. No like, no hate. The subtext is definitely there. And An- Andy always likes to joke that Kairi, who's Sora's, uh, and like Riku's kind of love interest, is like, she's just a beard. <laughs> <laughs> the real love is between those two boys. It's, um, it's Korra and Asami, you know, together. Like, the right. shipdom is there. They walk so, off holding hands. <laughs> um, just, just to wrap this up. I'm really excited for this game, and in a way, I, I haven't been in a long time. I'm authentically excited seeing seeing the game again, you know. And uh, boy, I can't wait. Hope that 2018 release date is real. I will be pleasantly surprised if I'm wrong, and I just really hope that we get the same Final Fantasy treatment here, where like it was worth the wait. I want to play this game and just be like, you know what? It's okay. It was worth the wait. Cool. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for the news, and we're going to move over to our meat and potatoes, which is going to be, as we promised at the top, our review of Netflix's Castlevania, I guess, miniseries. It's a season one, whatever you want to call it. Um, so we'll we'll do this like the way we do reviews over on the Comics Pal, so we're just going to kind of give you our surface-level thoughts on the series, nope, totally spoiler-free, and then we'll give you a chance to bounce out if you haven't seen the show yet. Uh, so we don't ruin anything for you. And then you can come back after you've already seen it, have the discussion with us. Or, you know, we'll see you next week on the show. So, uh, Thompson, uh, you being the big Castlevania fan among us, uh, what was your spoiler-free thoughts on the show? Um, fans of anime will love it. If you're not a fan of anime, you will warm up to it. And I think you will find yourself saying, I can't believe I didn't like anime before. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's very, very well done um for what it is i mean it's it's kind of short so it's it's hard to uh <clears throat> to judge it when the story's not finished especially sure. on, on the overall presentation is like very beautiful and uh you know it, it's kind of like you know you might not like anime but you can watch miyazaki films it's one of those things i think uh yeah, I, I mean, I like think it's, it's, it's done by a western team right yeah like or like or like avatar you know uh not not the shitty not the shitty fucking you know movie, movie transition yeah, last copy. Airbender. Uh, <laughs> the animated one obviously right yeah I, I think you're right i think it does hit that like or like even voltron like legendary defender on, yep. on netflix yeah we're seeing a lot of those kinds of shows be very popular uh i'm really i'm glad i'm glad they took that direction with it it also is definitely for adults um or teenagers sure but i think yeah, it, it does sure. speak to fans of the series and it has a, a it has a it has a darker tone than most um Castlevania is like, 
it's a very dark setting, but the games, the way it's presented a lot of times, it, it kind of hits that moment where you realize, oh, you know, Dracula's a bad guy, he kills people. Okay, so let's kill Dracula. You know, that's as sure. dark as it really may come across. But this really shows, like, why things are shitty and why um, it is, it is uh, you know, an, an adult-oriented setting. So. Sure, yeah, and I think, I think it's like, it really speaks to the audience they're trying to talk to, you know, where it's like it is for adults because, like, adults are the ones who have a relationship to Castlevania, and, like, they play it very seriously. Like, it's got humor and everything, but it's very, like, grim dark. It's very edgy, but in a very good way. Like, it's, it's I think, uh, the gore and stuff is, like, it's tasteful, and it, it's it could be very gratuitous, but it's not, you know? And, like, because they have that restraint, it means more when they do cross that line. Yeah, you find yourself saying like, "Whoa, holy shit!" You know, it's not yeah. just like you're you're accustomed to it and expecting it. When something happens, you're just like, "Oh boy!" Like it, it elicits emotion. Right, you're, you're not like good. desensitized to it because it's happening all the time. Yeah, the pacing is incredible. Right for that. Yeah, and I think so. That's why you know I like it the whole thing. Yeah, for a four episode series, I think the pacing is really good, and it's like it's a great origin for these characters. And by these characters, I really mean Trevor Belmont, but. <laughs> by the end yeah. of this it's a very good like when we come into this trevor's in that like classic you know uh like broken hero whatever kind of role and we learn a little bit about him and dracula and their motivations and like why we should feel bad for each of them in their own ways or whatever and it sets it up in a perfect place where it, they certainly didn't give me enough but i'm real anxious for the next season so it's like it's definitely way better to leave you wanting more than to you know come out and be like you know every one of the marvel netflix shows in my opinion where it's like they could be like two episodes shorter that's pretty good i mean that's a good way to say it yeah i definitely want more yeah like if the biggest con we can throw at it is that like yeah it's a little underdeveloped and we just need more of it like that's not necessarily a problem you know like it's good for what it is and like i liked it a lot i i had a lot of fun with it and i didn't really know what i was gonna think about it because i'm not a castlevania guy i played a tiny tiny bit of symphony of the night as a kid and then i watched you play a little bit of it once when we were hanging out um so i don't really have any relationship to castlevania i wasn't able to pick up on like the references that i know are there and i don't know what games it's pulling from just like as a narrative that you know, isn't even necessarily, like, I'm not really into anime, like, there's so many things of why I, like, shouldn't really care about this, you know, like, and I just liked it because it was good, it was high quality, and it was enjoyable. And, like, it was written by uh, Warren Ellis, who's, like, a really famous comics writer, we had uh, Adi Shakur as the executive producer, it's like, we had a really good team suited to to putting this this thing together, frankly, and I think it it's definitely what it needed to be. And uh, I'm ready for season two. Can we start talking about the spoiler stuff now? Yes, we can. All right. <laughs> so, again, we're going to get into spoiler sections. If you haven't seen Castlevania, jump out now. We're going to spoil the whole thing. Unless uh, you want us to just tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if you're not sold on it and you feel like you need a little bit more uh, to jump in, then I guess fine if you don't mind spoilers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you haven't seen it, um, bounce out now. And you can always come back, you know, listen to the rest of it once you've checked out the show. It's only four episodes and they're all, like, 25 minutes. So you can go do that and then come back. And it's like, that's a day. Um, <laughs> but uh, if, if not, if you are going to bounce out, please, uh, you know, like the podcast the episode on your platform of choice share it with a friend subscribe to the channel if you're ever on youtube and i will see you next week love you okay so spoiler section um i kind of wanted to just like kick it off with episode one because i feel like that really sets the stage for the overall narrative and then we can kind of just go into whatever 
Um, so, like, episode one, you know, we get the whole thing with Lisa uh, meeting Dracula. We find out that they get married. She gets burned at the stake as a witch. Um, we see the conflict with him and Alucard, and we kind of just get the setup for his motivations and why everything's going to happen, basically. Um, so I thought it was really just interesting because episode one had, like, a much different feel than the rest of them because there isn't Trevor there as, like, that comic relief. And it, it, it feels like it has a much... It's a, it's a way darker tone, you know, like, even than the rest of them. I think episode one was basically, I mean, you, you got to introduce characters and stuff and you have to introduce story and all that. But what's interesting about it is it really focused more on Dracula than anything else. Yeah, you know, he's it really definitely about the lead him. character in that episode. But, you know, the next three coming up aren't he's the bad guy and he's not even in the show as like you know as a bad guy like they're getting to him they're fighting monsters to him right but yeah you would see directly at the head honcho it's kind of like having um it's definitely having the the enemy of the uh the overall arching enemy being the main character for a first episode and i, I really appreciate that it's you know? so interesting he, it's he very... doesn't get a lot of talk in any of the games either he just he's the bad guy you right. will get him you know like he's he's a vampire you know what i mean what else do you need uh, and instead, he comes off as very sympathetic. You know, yeah, was... this story has been talked about before, like him marrying Lisa and all that. I mean, I know it's, it's Symphony of Night. You know, Alucard is when he plays him, and um, you know, this is this is known, but it's not really more than just known. It's not explained. This was very well done because, other than saying, "Yeah, I loved her and I had a kid," that's all we know. You know, yeah, like, we this knew was he had the ability. Yeah, um, we, he had the ability to love someone, but we didn't see it. And I think it was really cool because I think it, like, I don't know. I think a good story is only as good as its villain, right? You know, like every yeah, absolutely. Every cast of characters, like, you need a good villain. And what I love <clears throat> about this is like Dracula's obviously very imposing, and I think it's so like you get it now, right? Because it's always just like, well, why? Like, why would he do this? And it's like, oh well, I mean, it totally makes sense, right? Like he had isolated himself from humanity, right? And he was like done fucking with people he just wanted to be left alone and then you know he meets lisa and like is intrigued by her and thinks she's brave and they fall in love and they have a kid and you know he's like trying to live as a man right like he was traveling like a man and like trying to uh, like gain an appreciation for humanity because of his relationship with lisa and i guess alucard right and yeah and then like that's taken away from him you know, because his wife is is demonized and and burned at the fucking stake. The woman he loves is burned alive by the church, be, by these crooked fucking bishops, you know, who are trying to like, call her a witch because she's fucking practicing medicine, you know, and helping people. And, like, obviously that would, you know, he already didn't like humanity before that. And the only thing that changed his mind, he's like, you know what, I was right the whole time. You know, she was the one good one and fuck the rest of them. And, like, I get it. You know, it's like, I, it's, he's still bad. He, what he's doing is still evil and wrong. He needs to be stopped. But, like, you have sympathy for him. Yeah, and if you can create sympathy for a villain, that's that's hard to do. Yeah. Honestly. Absolutely. You know, it, it was hard to do, and I played just about every Castlevania, and I never felt sympathetic toward him in particular. There's other bosses I felt sympathetic toward, but not him. Um, he's got so little screen time and any other things that he doesn't, uh you know he's he's got a couple sentences here or there and he tosses around a couple cool like you know qualms about life or whatever and then you fight him you know? what and, is and, a and man yeah you know i mean it you, you don't 
Did you hear that? <laughs> no, it's weird. Uh, okay. Uh, it's not like someone blew up outside, like a firework or something. Um, but yeah, you don't really get him as a character developed, and you finally did in this story, which is great, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think it's just cool because that was what I thought this entire, like, miniseries or season one whatever like that's what it did right like it was setting up characters it was like hey this is the cast like this is these are the people you're going to care about in season two these are all the major players you know we learned um you know like so like moving on right like we learned about we meet trevor at the very end of episode one and then we really get that scene expanded on in episode two and you know we learn about the belmont family and you know that they've been excommunicated that they've been accused of you know, black magic and consorting with demons and, you know, that they've had like their land and their title stripped of them. And, and Trevor seems to be kind of the last of their ilk, you know, like I, mean, I, I, I don't really know that for sure. I guess there's other ones out there, but he keeps calling there's, himself there's more. the last son of the Belmont clan. So it's like, we're you know, he's out there kind of doing this like wandering Ronin thing, you know, like ashamed samurai or whatever. Um, but yeah, actually, I thought what was so cool about that, right, was like, there's that uh, quote, I think it's in episode three, actually, because he, uh, we're gonna jump around a little bit now that we're into it. Um, you know, he meets with these these speakers, right? And that actually happens in episode two. But so he meets these speakers, and he has like a kinship with them. So he saves their leader, this old man from being beaten up by these priests. And I think he sees his family in them you know his family always had a good relationship with them because they had similar values or whatever i guess of protecting the land from evil but uh the fact that like they're being persecuted like you know and being scapegoated by this by these crooked church people uh the same way that his family was you know and i, I think that's like that's like that first humanizing moment we have for him you know where he does like actually start to care right and not just be this fucking drunkard who's going around sleeping under trees and, you know, looking for a place to piss. Direct quote. Um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, that's a very accurate description of him. There, There's definitely um, more Belmonts. I don't know, like, how much later on, but in Symphony of the Night, it's Richter Belmont. And well, and I know there's Simon, and, like, this is supposed to be before Well, Simon is Trevor's that, right? father. Oh, he is? Right, I think. Think? Uh, don't hold me to hundred percent. Naming is not my strong suit, but I th- I'm pretty sure it goes Simon, Trevor, then Richter. I'm not sure because um, I, I was under the impression that Castlevania. All right, well, wait, wait. Think of it this real quick. The Game Grumps uh, Star Bomb song, "Never Fear, Simon Belmont is here." It's about Castlevania One. Yeah, but I thought that Castlevania Three was like a remake of Castlevania One in the timeline or whatever, and that comes after Trevor's stuff. I thought. Yeah, but that's, I'm not saying Simon's dead. Even I don't know if he's dead. Uh, well, that yeah. might happen. It's relevant. It might not even be the same. So, who <laughs> but knows? Richter is the next one in line, is what I know. Okay, because he, I mean... he ends up becoming the lord of the castle. He ends up taking Dracula's place, actually, hmm. uh, through dark magic and all that bullshit. Like I thought, it was interesting that Simon wasn't the main character. Well, you know, it makes sense because Alucard having to fit. Uh, Alucard sure. isn't around at that point, and he's he's in Symphony of Night, and he references when he's talking to Richter. He says something like, you know, oh, I worked with your father, Trevor. You know. Or, it's like he knew him and he knew uh the girl too uh in, from symphony but that was you know a, a time past so okay. it's like you know oh wait you mean um sifa sifa yeah okay yeah i can't i don't know what her name is pronounced 100 even though we just watched it 
they always say, they, they, they always say everyone's name like once or twice, and I always like yeah, I always yeah. hate that in shows when you're trying to learn people's names. Where it was like, mm-hmm. I remember I kept forgetting Lisa's name because they say it like once, and I was like, yeah, like oh, once. crap, what's her name? <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, I think like what's so cool, right? Is that's the first time that we see that turn for him, and I feel like there's there was this one quote that I actually wrote down because I thought it was great uh, that really summed up like Trevor's whole like character arc in this season right was like the leader of the speakers says the thing this thing where he's like you fought and you decided you lost and oh yeah yeah i remember this and this whole like the whole this whole like four episode arc or three episode arc for him because like we said the first one's really about dracula this whole like three episode arc is really about him like reclaiming his name you know, and being like, you know, like, I'm proud of being a Belmont and I'm going to carry on my family's legacy. And like, I don't care that you are going to try and demonize me like you're wrong and I'm righteous, you know? Right. And With, to expand on that a little bit, you see that uh, in the big fight in the show, too, where he just says, fuck it, I'm, I'm standing my ground and people are going to listen to me. I know what I'm doing, you know? And you see this transformation happen, you know, like that's the first step. You definitely point out the first step of it, but you see it happen within the next episode or even this i don't know if it's episode three that he that that happens in but i think that's probably four. four probably four because that's but not to jump too that. much ahead oh, it doesn't matter. it's just it's just one of those things that you you did point out that like this is this is where he turns you know and he starts believing in himself and saying you know fuck it i can do this likewise i feel like you know he's drawing inspiration from uh Saifa. i'm gonna say Saifa. might yeah. be wrong um he's drawing inspiration from her because she's resolute in her actions even if she's maybe wrong about what she's saying because he thinks you know it's over an overwhelming task but he's like fuck it this little girl's gonna do it you know and yeah. uh if he didn't s- meet with them and save her he probably just would have been the town drunk going town to town yep yeah i i think if, if he didn't yeah if he didn't have that first chance meeting with her grandfather i i don't know yeah. if he would have ever had that moment you know yeah and again i think you're right that like i i, I think we're supposed to get the impression that she's younger than him she seems young oh she is younger than him um, for sure but like, yeah, I think I think you're right that he definitely does seem to be inspired by her and the rest of the speakers in their, you know, altruism. And it's like, well, it's our responsibility, you know, and it's like, yeah, that's that's what speakers do. And they kind of that's give what him his that, family did. Right. You know? Exactly. And they they kind of push him in that way of that's like, you know, is that what you want to do, Trevor Belmont? You know, it's like, yeah, you know, like that's what Belmonts do is they stand up and they protect the country from evil and, you know, whatever form it takes. And I, I think that was really cool. You know, it was a really great, like, it was a very great, like, superhero kind of, like, origin kind of moment of, like, yeah, but more like a mean. return to form, you know? It was, like, it, oh, remi- yeah. it reminded me of, like, like the this final season of Samurai Jack, you know, of, like, that, yeah, you gotta yeah. have that moment where he fucking shaves the beard, you know? And, like, for him, <laughs> it's, like, he pulls off that cloak and he's just, like, yeah, like, I'm fucking Trevor Belmont and I'm gonna... Like, I'm gonna turn this... Well, I think he says that in those exact words, I'm fucking Trevor Belmont. <laughs> <laughs> And, Which uh, is another thing too. We were saying it's adult oriented. The language is perfect because, uh, the you know, Saifa doesn't really curse. You know, she doesn't really have gratuitous insults and stuff. While Trevor, being a drunk slob, runs around saying, "Well, fuck you, yeah. fuck this," and like, you very know, fuck sarcastic. you. Yeah, he's he's comes across as a drunken asshole, and that's what he is. And he starts cleaning himself up a little bit. You can even see with his language when he's they're fighting the the monsters at the end as like a group. But the townsfolk, he's not saying, ah, oh, you fucking piss ants, let's form a line. He's like, you know, being a, uh, a, a Belmont, you know. Yeah. He's coming like, into form. Yeah, right, right. Like, you see that moment for him where it's like he goes from being, you know, 
that drunk who doesn't care, right? Where then it's like he saves the fucking town, you know? He gets there, he ousts these bishops, and then he, you know, unites the townsfolk while they're all scattering and panicking, and he's like, no, like, I know what to do, we're gonna take care of this, like, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. get us through this, you know? And he does. And he does. Hey, he takes Which charge. Is crazy. Which is crazy, because every other town was on fire and slaughtered. Well, okay, to be fair, him and Sifa do, because... Yeah, she, she does a lot of work. Let's she not, did, yeah. like, discount like, her. She does, she, a lot she does of the just as much in that fight. Just as much as he does, and if it wasn't for her, he his plan wouldn't have worked. Oh my god, all. and, like, that that one really good... Because, like, I, that's the my one big complaint, honestly, is that I don't think... I wish that... I think it works that this arc is about Trevor, but I wish that we got more of Sifa and Alucard. Because I know that they're going to be the other main characters. But I thought that that moment with Sifa where she, like, does the magic to save him from the townspeople. And the uh, the bishop guy's like, oh, witch! And she's like, I'm no witch. I'm a magic. I'm, like, a, a student of magic. And, like, I, like, I'm, like, slave to no demon and I have committed no evil. And it was just, like, that was, like, yeah. such a, like... You know, and like I love when then she finally meets with him and she's like, I never asked for you to fight my battles for me. You know, so it's like, let's do this shit together. Like, let's go and like, let's do this. And like, it's like, it's a very like Avengers kind of like, all right, we're getting the squad together moment. It's like, all right, like, cool. Like, you know, like from that moment on, like you see that there's like that dynamic shift of like, he's not treating her like someone he needs to protect anymore that like, yeah, she's yeah. got his back and like, he needs it. You know? Yeah, I mean, he immediately jumps into, like, I'm going to command the townsfolk, and then he's, like, ordering her to do things because he's like, fuck it, we're in this mode, let's do it. Yeah, like, let's do it. And he goes from saying, like, you know, I'm protecting you to, like, well, you're an asset. Yeah, so, right, let's, let's absolutely. It. It's like, you know, like, the that whole scene is just really, it's a really big turning point for him. And then you see that, too, like, when they do finally go and confront Alucard, and he has, you know, like, he's confident. You know, he's already like, I'm a vampire hunter. Let's go fucking, let's do this. Like, if you're, yeah. you're Dracula, I'm going to kill Dracula. Oh, he's way too confident. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it, it, he goes from being, you know, I, I'm a drunk to almost like, I got everything under control. Fuck everyone. I got this. I am the king, you know, right. and, and it's all, it's like too brazen. Oh, and yeah. what's good, I think about your, I'm glad you brought that up, but I'm real, uh, he, he seems to take, you know, inspiration from, from Saifa and, you know, her, uh, headstrong, you know, kind of na naivety is sort of an asset for him. But so then what I think is great is that he'll be tempered by Alucard's like sternness and stoicism. Uh, it, it seems that like, you know, he is a man who's trying to find himself and he's going to definitely be sort of like the party leader, even if, um, you know, he's definitely the, he's the Belmont. I mean, he's got to be like the face of the party and everything. But what's good is you've got two, not extremes, so much on each side of him and they're going to influence him either way. You know, it, it reminds me so much of like, uh, like we were saying, like Mass Effect and Dragon Age and all that. Like those are two awesome companions and you have to conflict of interest within your own group is going to arise. And it's interesting to see him, you know, get not defeated by Alucard, but you know, he definitely had, he's like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm going to kill you too. Uh, you know, in the end of their little, their little duel, you know, and he, and that level of commitment is, I think, uh fucking awesome first of all but second of all like you know you'll have a guy like alucard willing to push uh push him to that extreme and you might you're gonna definitely see uh him and and Saifa, like clash 
for sure. I'm pretty sure that's going to be a problem, and Trevor will have to be in the middle, the sober man he is now. <laughs> what is he has a line where he says something like, you know, oh please, it's like twelve o'clock and I haven't even drank yet, you oh, know, no, or something. I, there's that one line where he's like, I, like I, the guy like goes to attack him, and he's like, oh, he's like basically like, oh, you're fucked. He's like, he's like, I'm out of practice, but I'm stone cold sober. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So I mean, he's he's definitely got it under control, you know. Um, it's going to be really. I'm like super hyped for season two. I kind of like. The, the the jumping off point like I, like you said I I wanted more Alucard and Sypha for sure I wanted more development on her but the fact that Alucard's only in it for like a smidge you know like ten percent of the last episode it's a good tease though because now you're like oh I want to see more of this guy what's good about that is though he is very mysterious as a character yeah. and it's one of those things that you know you probably won't ever get a lot of backstory or anything else on him uh, beyond his interaction with the party and this is probably the most he's ever going to talk you know what i'm saying like every other game he's he's man of very few words and he's got a mission and he wants to do it we'll see though man i mean like the whole thing with like you said you never really had a lot of growth for dracula either so like maybe we will get more of alucard's personality and stuff and i think that'd be really interesting because he has such a weird struggle here like they're gonna go kill his father to like honor what his mother would have wanted and it's yeah it's interesting you know like he's uh i think a pretty dynamic character also i have to say that uh scene where he just like pops out of the um the casket you know where he's like levitates out and he's like yeah, he's yeah. like all shirtless and he's got that like crazy like fuck me v thing with his you know like yeah and he just looks like fucking sexy vampire jesus and i just had this moment of just like this is like this is what thompson looks like in his like dearest fantasies <laughs> like if, he, if you could pick any avatar for yourself it's literally just this like buff fucking like blonde haired vampire jesus <laughs> yeah yeah you're right like, this it's is okay. what Thompson would it's, look like if he worked out for like six hours a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not wrong. It's it's kind of funny when uh when uh my girlfriend watched it and she was just like she texted me right off the bat. She's like, "So who does who do you think who do you think uh I got reminded of when I saw Alucard?" I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> it's also funny too because in the game he's got like uh I remember it this way. It could be like a Berenstein Bears moment. I remember him having white silver hair kind of stuff. Sure. Apparently he's got like blonde hair exactly like mine so i was like well that's kind of cool that's so funny identify with this man (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so i think we kind of like covered a lot of the uh the plot at this point before we move on to speculation for season two i wanted to just touch on a couple other things and uh kind of get your thoughts on them so one of the the themes that I noticed that was very prevalent in the show that I thought was interesting was a very uh, there's like all this very anti church imagery and like obviously the plot is very anti church but it wasn't anti god or anti religion and I thought that was really yeah. cool. It's about what's doing what's right rather than uh, just saying it. You know, it's about like uh, you know a lot of a lot of things the church has done have been up to scrutiny and that's the time frame where like the the year it takes place like and 14 it's something the, it's the, like 14 like 65 or something like that it's, i think it's a time of great upheaval for the church i mean you have you know uh don't quote me to the exact year on this but i'm pretty sure this is when they started doing like indulgences for the church where you could just buy your way into heaven and stuff sure. just because they needed more money and that's fucked up and it's a matter of like you know the soul of the church is under attack as well as the physical attack and i think it's interesting to see that like dracula and horror stories like vampires really came around at those kinds of moments where people did stop believing in god and the greater purpose when even those institutions were corrupt i'm not trying to get too philosophical here but i think the show does a great job of showing like the moral decay of the church and all those other things is physically represented by dracula's armies attacking them yeah that was beautifully put man yeah absolutely um i 
totally agree with that. And I think, like, there's the very obvious signs of, like, when uh, Trevor kicks the crossover, you know, like, obviously. Yeah. But then there's, like, right. that, that scene, right, where right before the that bishop, I forget, he's not the archbishop, but he's the guy who's trying to take over. And yeah, he, I know what you mean. Right before he's attacked, right, and he, there's that mo- that scene of him just sitting and he's just bathed in that red light, you know, oh, and he, yeah. he just looks it's so beautiful. evil, you know, yeah. and then he's killed by these demons and they bring in this blue light and then you see, like, the pictures of Jesus and it's like, oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah like, the evil's been cleansed from God's house and I love right. that whole thing where bishops, like, you, the bishops, like, you can't enter God's house, you know, and all this stuff and they're like, well, he's not home. And like, well, my whole yeah. life's my whole life's been, you know, serving his name. And it's like your God has abandoned you because he's ashamed of you. And yeah, it was like, exactly. I loved that. And it has like the, the murals of all the other saints and Jesus looking down on the man dying from the, the stained glass. It's beautiful. It's artistically done in such a great way, you know, and, and I really love that. I dig that shit. It's it really struck a nice note with me. And like, that's like one of those things like this guy burning people. He probably had burned a lot more people than lisa it just sure. happened to be that was the final one you know and, and like you pissed off the wrong guy and like that's dracula is you know a monster for a reason and it, part of it is always had a lot of like religious overtones into it sure. if it, 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 it shits a lot of times in the face of like god's will and god's plan why would he allow such a monster to exist because certain things like vindication upon the unrighteous do need to happen like there's a reason that like vampire vampires in in all of the uh, like lore are usually you know pulled from men and it's like well they're usually not considered undead because that's the curse of it you're supposed to suffer you know what i'm saying and the suffering is brought upon other people as well and why would god allow such a thing because there is injustice in the world you know um vampire masquerade does a really good way of saying that like cain and abel right cain is the first murderer so god curses cain and says well fuck you (laughs) you you know what i mean so and he's he's cursed to uh drink the blood of his you know fellow man till he till all of time you know, and he's not allowed to walk with his fellow man being, you know, sunlight. Right. All these other like weird curses, but they're all God curses. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's very well done. And I, I think, think like, that um, speaking to that, too, like we even see I think like they do a really good job of showing you that like, no, like God is God is still like the good force in this world. And that like oh, yeah. the church isn't it's the church that's the problem and not even all people within the church because then when he goes and he's like i need a priest and i need that holy water and the priest doesn't and And he can do it and he's like oh he must have been a good priest yeah you know and it's like okay so there you go so it it is that reaffirmation between that and then that imagery of like god has abandoned you because you're evil like uh there's that direct quote where he says your god knows that we wouldn't be here without you exactly you know and it's like whoa yeah yeah. because that's that's the plan i mean did they also say something about like you know this wasn't in the plan or something i I can't remember if the the line exists something like that yeah but that is the plan even if they don't fit into it the abject chaos that they create is part of that plan right it's something that you can't comprehend because you know it's god i mean we're getting too theological here but that's castlevania though that's like the point of it that's why i like it so much that's the thing that's the image that's what's there that's the subtext you know part of the reason i like this kind of shit so much and like there's like you know a lot of shows that do hit these notes but i don't think any have hit as hard as this one did. Yeah, they chew you know? they chew on a lot of this stuff in interesting ways. And I think it's cool because like it definitely does a good job of of recontextualizing what's already there in Castlevania and expanding on it in a meaningful way from what what you seem to be saying. Um so to turn yeah. it in, I want to start, you know, getting towards the end wrapping this up. Yeah. But um <laughs> so 
yeah, like as a Castlevania fan, how did you feel this was as an adaption? Did you think it honored the lore well and all that stuff? Like, like, why did this work when other stuff like this usually doesn't? Everything about it was great. Like the the characters were drawn and designed exactly how I remember them from the games. You know, like the color schemes were used were perfect exactly from the games. Like Alucard's like aura of red shit around him looks exactly like when he used the one skill dark metamorphosis. Like I remember all this crap. Um, the voices felt really on par to what they should be, which is cool because a yeah. lot of them didn't have voices back in the day. Like Alucard had a voice, uh, but he only spoke a few lines. So it doesn't really matter. And the voice they got for him is great. You know, everyone's voice felt like they should be there the enemies were all shit that i recognize from a lot of different ways like they don't have to be exact copies but you recognize some things like the demon looking things look like gargoyles or other or like the cyclops said monsters yeah i mean that's like you know that's classic enemy designs from that kind of shit there was the locations were all from things like the opening scene going into the lab looked just like from symphony of nights uh clockwork laboratory that's or the great Alchemy that's really laboratory. Cool. Yeah, there's like scenes from games I thought I was recognizing too. The clock tower is always a is a place you go to in every Castlevania. There's always a weird, crazy cog clock tower that falls apart or some shit. There are multiple games. The thing that was so funny to me is like I don't like I said I don't play Castlevania games. I never really have, but like the very very little I know about them, I remember like that moment when they're in Dracula's castle or basement or whatever, like trying to get to Alucard. And there's like the um, the rocks that are like smashing together, and they're like jumping yeah. over the gears and everything. And I was like, yeah, this like feels like a game, but not yeah, there's in, just random shit like that. <laughs> but not in like a pandering way that a lot of these adaptions do, where it's like, oh, remember no. this in the game? It's it's like right. a, it's not some like goofy montage or something. It's just like it's woven into the action in a way that feels like yeah, no, like this feels like Castlevania. Like this is what I it does when I think and like again as someone who doesn't play Castlevania, when I think Castlevania this was it it was like yeah no this is like this vibes it does everything about it just felt right <laughs> yeah um yeah. so yeah to wrap it up uh hopes for season two i mean for me it's just like i don't really know because i didn't know i wanted this so it's just kind of like i just want more my big thing is like i want season two to be like you know maybe 10 episodes or whatever like 12 like just make it a little meatier i don't want each one to be like four episodes because like if they're like really spread out far that's gonna suck <laughs> Unless they come out quick every, like, you know, three months or so. Yeah, that'd be cool. Every three months we get, like, four episodes, you know. I'd, that's, just, I'd love to have cool. an idea of, like, where, like how long is this supposed to be? How much, like, what is the saga? Like, how long is this saga? And, like, what are their plans for it? I'd just like to know a little bit more and, like, have a better feel for, like, okay, like, the next season comes out and it's twice as long or whatever. Or, like, maybe you said they put out one every couple months. How many of these are we getting? You know? Because, like, that matters a lot. Because this was really good, but if we only have, like one more of these and they spent all this time on the setup that would really suck you know what i mean so it, yeah, it would be cool I can, I, you know to get an idea of where we're going here but other than that like i'm into it yeah typical like uh anime style fashion it should be 12 episodes so we can assume this was the first third okay i mean that's usually how things run too like there'll be like a first third of mostly setups and stuff um then you have like the middle stuff and then you know third act. like it's just usually designed in three acts um i think that'd be gonna cool. take a guess be... that should be the standard format don't get me wrong i'd watch it as long as it ran uh i just think that it wouldn't run more than 12 or less than 10 i mean unless it's super popular well then they can have like you know another storyline of it because our cards lived a long time and yeah. there's a lot of uh 
a lot of shit in between. It's weird. I'm not like I wish Netflix released numbers because like I don't feel like I've seen a lot of people talking about it. I feel like when it first came out, people talked about it a lot for a day, but it's so short that it didn't get that like longer life cycle like a lot of Netflix shows get, where it was kind of well, like it's presented as a show, but it's really like a movie. Yeah, you know what I mean, so right. it's like it's kind of lost in translation a little bit, and yeah. like that's kind of shitty because, like you said, it's like four 25 minute episodes. I I think yeah, you know, that's that's not any more time than you spend at a, a you know a relatively short movie uh and you know these kinds of things come out as movies a lot of times so i could see it being marketed as a disc kind of thing like oh buy you know these this triple movie trilogy which is you know the four episodes each on a disc and all that shit right that's kind of then why i call it a season it's not a season it's a movie you know it's called like episode one have it three episodes berserk did that with the the thing it was three movies that were like two hours each you know and that was where just you know it was just the way it's presented is kind of weird yeah um but so beyond that like what do you what do you like as a Castlevania guy? Just, what, just more, yeah. same thing. There's you nothing else I really particularly want except for more Alucard. But you know we'll get more of everything because they're going to be in the show now. Sure. So just more, cool. anything. Great. Yeah, I mean I think we're on the same page there. So I mean like just to put a bookend on it, it's like uh, yeah, I mean definitely go check it out if you haven't. If you sat through this whole thing, sorry we spoiled <laughs> it all for you. But uh, well, that was the point of this. Yeah, section. right. That's the thing, right? Yeah. It's a spoiler conversation. So I, I I really enjoyed it. I can't wait for season two. I know, uh, I know Andy wasn't here, but he watched it and he also liked it. I know he wasn't as jazzed on it as we are, but he said it was like a really, he thought it was a good start with, I think was his direct quote. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap up our conversation here for episode 12 of the video game pals. If you guys want to, uh, help us out, you can like, you know, the episode on whatever platform you're on. Uh, if you're, you want to do us a huge favor, bounce over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, uh, where we are currently a five-star rated podcast trying to break into that six-star rating. Um, <laughs> and if you're on YouTube, like the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Like I said at the top, we have a bunch of exclusive YouTube content coming in the weeks to come. If you want to check out more news about any of the stuff we talked about in our news section, we got links in the description down below along with our Twitter handles and, um... Yeah, I think that's it, right? That's all the housekeeping, so... Sounds about right. Yeah, whatever. Check it out. Come back next week. We'll see you on another episode of The Video Game Pals. Bye. Peace.